On this episode of the Popcorn Diet, we live! That's right. We're back from an extended break, and we're taking a look into the last month, as well as what's ahead. Get your popcorn ready. Welcome, all you good movie buddies, to the Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie, theater, popcorn, and other movie snacks. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and joining us as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn. David, welcome back. It's been a while. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. You're doing okay. It's uh, It has been a while. It has been a little more than a month. And um, we're going to start, I mean, we got a lot of stuff we got to talk about. My, my, my current plan, <laughs> which is always changes, is to kind of go over what we've missed. You know, I want to talk about the Oscars, one of our favorite times of the year. We got to talk about the results of the third annual Hindsight Awards. Um, but I also want to take a look at what's coming up as well. You know, we, we don't really have a movie to sit here and review. Um, we didn't, we, we honestly, I haven't been to the theaters much um, in general. Um, and the first thing I want to do is a, I do want to offer an apology, not only to you, although you know I'm, I'm pretty sure I don't have to apologize to you for anything, um, but to you know everybody who listens to this because we you know this is a small independent podcast, but we have a decent amount of listeners um, that I'm really really proud of. I'm really proud to have grown this audience completely naturally, you know, without having to pay for anything, without having to buy anything. It's purely been word of mouth, and that's something I think you and I hold great pride in. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Um, and Unfortunately, life got in the way. Now, I'm not really interested in airing, you know, personal, you know, issues and all that kind of stuff. Suffice it to say, I ran into some very difficult, you know, personal issues and still currently dealing with them. And it forced us to just take it to take a month off. Um, I didn't really do a good job of communicating that. I would have liked to have put out a little episode letting everybody know that. I would have liked to let our patrons on our Patreon that some of you aren't even aware that exists. I would have liked to have let them know. I would have liked to have had a larger presence on Twitter and let people know via our social media that we were in the middle of an unannounced break. But with all that being said, I, I do want to say thank you to everybody who still follows us, who still listens to the old episodes, who is still interested, who's still a patron all of those things for, for having radio silence for basically a month. It's, it's my apologies and, and all that. And I wanted to get that out of the way, David, because you certainly, I mean, it was purely on me. You know, you got, <laughs> you got your own busy life in general um, that, for whatever reason, never gets in the way of this. Uh, but with all of that being said, it's time to get back to business as usual. Now, those personal issues that I had mentioned unfortunately happened the weekend of the Oscars. And what that means is we did not get an official on record Oscars pool, Oscars betting odds, anything like that. Um, we're going to talk about the results in a little bit, David, but I do believe we, we put some stuff on Twitter. You tweeted out your yep. uh, guesses. I never tweeted out mine. I think, and without... I don't know. I'm still I'm still going to hold on to the title belt because it's unofficial. 
Of course you are. But, but I do believe if it comes down to just between you and me, I think you had at least one or two over on me based I on did. a couple of the – neither of us got Best Picture and Director, right? Correct. Um, and I think you got me when it comes to like sound and visual effects, I'm pretty sure. The the long and short of it is I got you. You go okay. <laughs> – Yes, you did. You got me. You got me. You got me, you know, distracted. It's a lot like when Bane breaks Batman's back in the comic books. He doesn't just go at Batman. He releases all of the villains from Arkham so that they can wind Batman down. And then he comes in and breaks Batman. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel like you got me. But you got me. On on record, we will say excuses, that much excuses. here. Excuses, excuses, excuses. That's <laughs> I would expect nothing less. I need, regardless to say, I cannot wait till next year already. And I want to talk about the ceremony now, not the you know actual ceremony itself because that's pretty much out of sight, out of mind. Despite the fact that there were a a lot of musical performances, and b and I don't know if you agree with this on me, David, or not, but there was a lot of confusion over one particular performance. There is no confusion for me. In my opinion, Eminem should perform Lose Yourself at every public function. <laughs> uh, I had no issues with that. Did you have any issues with Eminem showing up? No, it just it went right in line with kind of the randomness of, of the night. Of the night. Um, but for those of you that don't know, he never performed it the year he won. Right. Um, and so it was kind of like giving him his chance to perform it Better finally. Late, never. Yeah, so, so <laughs> I enjoyed I mean, that. It, it added to the randomness of doing a show with no host and, oh, for you sure. know, just incorporating a ton of musical acts and all that good stuff. Well, that, yeah, which was plenty random. So for the night, looking back on it, looking back on the wins and losses here, uh, we had Parasite came out with the most wins at four. It was another year where everything was fairly distributed. Yep. There wasn't anything that was a real... Monster front runner, although Parasite's victories were all like strong categories. You sure. know, you got Outside foreign film. Foreign. Yeah, but even foreign film in and of itself is a but strong But I, I think victory. that was one that was far and away everybody knew Parasite was going to win. Oh, yeah. That, you're right about that. There was like, surprises it was a in Best Picture and Director. Right. And... For a lot of people, I won't say. I mean, there was plenty of people that believed that that would be what happened, but that was a f fairly large surprise, I think. You know what's funny is, as I sit here with, you know, looking at the uh, nominees here, I can't, for the life of me, remember the other, the other award it won. International feature, oh, screenplay. screenplay. It wound up taking yeah, screenplay, screenplay over. Over Little Women, over time. over a lot of big, that was when the night turned. So um, that won four. Parasite won four. Nineteen Seventeen, which is your favorite movie of the year last year, and my second favorite movie of the year last year, won three. The Irishman shut out. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Joker, only a couple wins each. Ford v Ferrari won two as well. But for the most part, one of those really evenly distributed films. So do you have any particular – and I know it was a month ago, right? It was uh, – well, it wasn't – yeah, it was about a month ago. Um, do you have any particular wins or any particular things that, that you liked about how it turned out? 
I don't think anything necessarily stuck out to me. Um, obviously, I was I was a big fan of 1917, and and so seeing it not get as much love was a little disappointing. Sure. Um, to me. Sure. Deacon's um, getting the win as much of a shoo as it was was really nice. Sure. Absolutely. Um, I would say my whole issue, and I wasn't one that was in the category of Parasite shouldn't have won or anything like that. Sure. I thought, you know, anything that was nominated for Best Picture this year was deserving of um, you could make a case for probably sure. to win. Um, whether some of them might have not been your cup of tea, you would have liked other things better, but they were all great films. In my opinion, there was none that stuck out as like that just has no <laughs> there's no there's, there's no, no reason. reason that should be there or that's an Oscar bait film, which is a like rare far thing. away. It's a rare thing in the Oscars, especially on this podcast. And as long as we've been watching it, it's a rare thing that we can look at the best picture field and be like, yeah, that makes sense. Well, and even even marriage story, like whether or not that's a film that anybody's rushing to go watch again, like, right, I'm not like I wouldn't hate it if someone forced me to sit down and watch it again type of thing no i mean and it's so a good it's a well my movie. my issue with some of the conversation around parasite and that wasn't necessarily that parasite won is it felt like a lot of people were happy it won not because they felt like it was their favorite or their best picture for the year it was more around the idea that it was good for the oscars it that was it was new it was new it was something different it was a change from type sure for the Oscars to do that. Right. And to me, I am fine with that being celebrated, but that shouldn't be the reason why someone voted for it. Like, right. You, to me, I want it to win on merit and then everybody to celebrate. This was the best picture of right. the year. It deserved best picture and look at like what that means right. versus let's pick Bong Joho or or Bong Joon Ho or Parasite because of what that will mean. Sure. And what that like pick it on its merits. Right. And and so from that standpoint, I was happy to see it. I was sad to see that a lot of people were saying leading up to it, that's why they wanted it to win. Sure. Because it would be an anti Oscar type Oof. of pick. Right. It would be against archetype. It would, you know, be completely different to what we're used to them picking. So that was Disappointing to me that we're still stuck in that whole mode of like, let's pick something because of what it means versus this is an award ceremony. Right. Let's give it to the best the movie. The genuine best picture. So, so that was my only nitpick on it. Sure. Um, again, I'm happy. I, I like Bon Ho. I liked Parasite. Once I finally saw it, I thought it was great. I thought yeah. it was deserving to be in the conversation. Wasn't my best picture, but I have no qualms with it winning. Sure. I think I had it number five for the. And you, but you've always and see the thing is, is at least you're consistent with that because there are plenty of other people who like can objectively point out why best picture should be in consideration. But you have always been somebody. I mean, even when it comes to my top ten list. Who was like, don't make considerations just to fit parameters. Don't, you know, do you really, uh, particularly, I think the biggest uh, things you threw at me were my um, inclusions of how to train your dragon and pop star in my in my top 10 of the decade list. Yeah. When in reality, there are probably plenty of other movies that I like more than those movies that should be in the top 10. But it was my list and I did what I want. 
Um, with Parasite, I absolutely see your point. I do think there is a very large contingent of film Twitter who do think Parasite is best is is was the best picture. Yeah. And the thing that I like the most about Parasite winning is a same thing. I love Bong Joon Ho. I've loved him since The Host. I need to go back and watch his older films. But The Host, Snowpiercer, Okja, like all those movies, I'm a huge fan of. The fact that he is such a meticulous filmmaker. Like, he is a true architect of his film and builds it. Like, that's incredible. But also, I think my favorite part about Parasite winning, even though it wasn't my actual best picture of the year, in my opinion, is that the film itself is not the Oscar bait, which is one of my least favorite things. Sure. You know, looking back and looking at the King's speech and the artist and you know, these these movies that won that in hindsight are just another of a long line of stuffy dramas. The fact that we got like a Hitchcockian dark comedy thriller to win Best Picture is incredible. I, 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 I love that. I love that. Um, there are certainly some of these movies that are Oscar, you know, bait E. I mean, almost all of them fit into some type of, you know, uh, form of previous Oscar winner, whether it be 1917 as a war film, whether it be The Irishman as a mob epic, whether it be Marriage Story as your tiny little character piece, your Annie Hall, but with divorce kind of thing, (laughs) your little women being your period piece. They all fit a niche, but they're all just so well done this year. Um, I'll tell you what my biggest nitpick was because I loved almost every award. That one. This is one of the few times that I walked out of the Oscars, David, and I was genuinely like, "Yeah, I'm happy with almost everything mm-hmm. that happened." Um, the the whole Renee Zellweger thing, I still don't get, because <laughs> that movie's not very good. She's good in it, and sh- I do feel that she warrants uh, a nomination. But usually, when somebody steamrolls through the competition like she did this award season, she was undefeated yeah and usually when that happens it's either with an ingenue who's winning her first award or an old school actress a la glenn close who's never been awarded again renee zellweger is neither of those things and i just got frustrated because as much as the oscars changed their tune on parasite and bong joon ho renee zellweger winning for playing judy garland in a mere uh, in a mediocre movie that is sad which isn't a you know, a knock against it, but it's it's old school Hollywood. It's, oh, we're going to give you an award because you played somebody who we adore in the past of Hollywood who wasn't recognized in their time. And I almost feel like they were awarding Judy Garland by proxy. That's my only nitpick. Joaquin winning, loved it. Brad yeah. Pitt, loved it. I loved uh, Taika winning. And Taika? I, and I love it. I think, I think that was my favorite winner. Um, not just because I'm a Taika fan, but because of, and we're already seeing it. And some of this he did on his own with how well he handled Thor, but like you're seeing so much more opportunities for Taika to do things. And the great part about it is Taika is so, even as he went through the awards season and things like that, Mm -hmm. so uniquely and unashamedly him. Yes. And, like he's not one of those where it's like I feel like he's gonna get more like corporatized or you know right. 
I think he's going to stay true to his style, who he is as he continues to make it. And even though he may take on blockbusters like he's doing with Thor again or mm-hmm. suicide, is he doing, he's doing, no, James Gunn, James is. Gunn's doing suicide. Right. Squad. But even as he's doing that with like Thor and some of the other movies that he's got coming, um, like it's finding a way to uniquely be him right still. And so it's exciting to see. And, and the same can be said for Bong Joon Ho. Like I imagine this is going to open up doors for him. Right. That wouldn't have been there otherwise. And so Ryan from jo- that, even, even Ryan Johnson getting yeah. nominated, you know, even Greta Gerwig getting nominated. It's as you said, are going to have, I think big effects in that these, we're starting to see that, ne- that next, hopefully. Yeah that next generation of Hollywood power players. Yep, and, absolutely. And they're going to be, as you pointed out, unique, hopefully. You know, that's what we hope for. Well, I think it'll be something that, you know, and this kind of leads us into our next thing, that in hindsight, when we come back to this year down right. the road, like, there are going to be a lot of memorable movies in here, and I don't know that there'll be as many that we're knocking out. Like, I could see, like, the Ford v. Ferraris maybe, maybe. being knocked out. Um Bombshell, in, in maybe. that people aren't still coming back to them for those things. Right. But um, I think you'll still see the Jojo Rabbits um, and some of those others, 1917, I, and those still being relevant years to come. I think you're right. I think when you look at the Oscar winners, like you look at the things that are genuinely good and that won, like they will, you know, hopefully, uh, as we sit here, you know, hopefully they will stand the test of time in hindsight. Which brings us to the uh, the hindsight awards, David. We got a lot of um, we got a lot of interaction with these awards more than more than usual. We got we I can literally say that hundreds of people voted on these, and not just like one hundred and one, but like we had a good turnout for the third annual hindsight awards. Now, if you're sitting here listening to this and you're thinking, "What was the hindsight awards?" Unfortunately, they're done this year. But the, every year we take a look back. We're starting, we take 20 years. We look back 20 years and we look back at the films that were nominated and we look back at the films that weren't nominated and we put together based on, honestly, it's our podcast. So whatever criteria that we decide, we put together a list of hindsight award nominees and then we open it to the public for voting. And this year, we had again record turnout. So, David, let's go through the winners. All let's right. talk about the hindsight awards and the analytics for the winners here. I'm gonna put a spoiler alert just right. I'm gonna throw a spoiler out here right at the beginning. Huge turnout for Fight Club. Yeah. Massive Fight Club turnout here. But we'll go back and forth. I'll have you take a category and then I'll take a category. Right. So, who did we have for best supporting actress and then who ended up winning? So we had Helen Bonham Carter for Fight Club, Angelina Jolie for Girl Interrupted, uh, Tony Collette for Sixth Sense, Carrie Ann Moss for The Matrix, and Laura Dern for October Sky. In a year that was it, Jolie that won? Who Jolie won this year? wound up being the winner. Yeah. Yeah. In in, in real life. In real life, back twenty in 19, years ago, in, not for the nineteen celebrating the films of nineteen ninety nine, Angela Jean. Angelina Jolie won the Oscar for Best Supporting and Actor. And she, she made a, uh, a a good attempt at defending her title. Great attempt. She uh, she received 25% of the vote. Yep. Uh, Helen Bonham Carter, though, took home the win with 31% of the vote. Yep. 31.3% of the vote. So, uh, in hindsight, Helen Bonham Carter 
Best Supporting She's Actress. the winner. And that's the other thing I like. We like. I like that we can throw stats out there. That's one of the things I would like to see. The Austin will never do it. But it would be interesting to see that. Well, it's kind of like the Hall of Fame vote where you see like this person was a unanimous. Right. Or this person was this right. percent. And in this, and we're not doing preferential ballots or anything like that. Nope. But yeah, Helena Bonham Carter. In hindsight, you get the Oscar for, or you Congrats. get the hindsight award. Congrats for best supporting actress. For best supporting actor, we had Brad Pitt for Fight Club, Michael Clark Duncan for The Green Mile, Tom Cruise for Magnolia, Lawrence Fishburne for The Matrix, and Haley Joel Osment for The Sixth Sense. Uh, I, if I remember correctly, and I, I unfortunately I don't have the stat in front of me, but I believe that year uh, was Nick Nolte for Affliction, who won Best Supporting Actor. I'm going to double check here really quickly. And he could. Uh, oh, no, excuse me. Um, Nick Nolte was, I think, the year before. This was Michael, Michael Caine, Caine for in Cider, House. Cider House Rules. As you can see, Michael Caine did not even make our list. <laughs> our list. <laughs> um, and Michael Clark Duncan, you know, pour one out for him. Rest in peace, Michael Clark Duncan. He had a good showing, he had a 20% of the vote. But the winner by far, and this is a little bit fortuitous, is Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt had 51% of the vote, and he won an Oscar this year, and now he gets a hindsight award for 20 years ago as well. Um, Brad Pitt for Fight Club, congratulations. Uh, Best Actress. So Best Actress category was Hilary Swank, Boys Don't Cry, Wyona Ryder, Girl Interrupted, Annette Benning, American Beauty, Julia Stiles, 10 Things I Hate About You, Drew Barrymore, Never Been Kissed. Drew Barrymore got shut out, zero Sad. votes. Sorry, Drew. Yeah, the Julia Stiles rom-com really, you, you can't put, the two rom-coms, it's, it's tough. True. It's, it's tough. true. They uh, took away the votes. It's um, tough. In 1999, well, 2000 when they gave out the awards, right. Hillary Swank won for Boys Don't Cry. Yep. Uh, and she repeated. So in she hindsight, retain, she, uh, she retains the title. She received 38, almost 40% of the vote. Uh, second was Wynoa Ryder with 23, almost 24% of the vote. And then Nanette Benning was in third. With 19-something percent. It's funny because I remember that race being a lot closer back in the day. And that I thought Hillary Swank winning at the time was an upset. But apparently, looking back on history, it wasn't. She had won quite a few. And in hindsight, something that doesn't happen often, she retains. So she gets to retain the Best Actress Award. Best Actor. Best Actor, we had a list of Bruce Willis for The Sixth Sense, Tom Hanks for The Green Mile, Jim Carrey for Man on the Moon, Kevin Spacey for American Beauty, and Edward Norton for Fight Club. Kevin Spacey won this award uh, back in the year 2000. I thought Jim Carrey was going to get a lot of, more of a push here. However, it's important to note that Jim Carrey did win our Hindsight Award last year for The Truman Show. There you go. So he's still a Hindsight Award winner. He did not win this award. In this case, it all went to Edward Norton. Edward Norton for Fight Club got nearly uh, 35% of the vote and uh, never won an Oscar. So this is, in hindsight, Edward Norton's first award. Kevin Spacey, 
not totally canceled. Uh, he got yeah. 23% of the vote. So, again, that was kind of a surprising turnout. Number one, I was actually surprised that he made the list. And number two, I was actually surprised that he got this much of the vote. Sure. But it's a memorable performance in a movie that a lot of people remember because we were, what, 13 when that movie came out? Sure. And that kind of shaped a lot of us. That kind of was like the first, like, real adult movie that some of us paid attention to. But, again, Edward Norton for Fight Club went and took that hindsight award. Best Director. Best Director nominee is David Fincher, Fight Club, The Wachowskis for The Matrix, M. Night Shyamalan for Sixth Sense, Sam Mendes, American Beauty, and Frank Darabont for The Green Green Mile. Mile. Um, in the actual award, Sam Mendes won for American for Beauty. American, his first movie. For his first movie. Jeez. He did not win in hindsight. That award Negative. goes to David Fincher for Fight Club with 38.4% of the vote, followed by the Wachowskis and then M. Night Shyamalan. So knock down Mendes Fight Club. Did. Just... I'll be Just really reeling I mean, in the war. Fight Club swept this. I mean, again, anything that Fight Club was up for, it won. So that's pretty impressive. Um, I will say, I'll be interested because Fincher is another director who I feel should have at least won one, if maybe not two Oscars by now, certainly for The Social Network, which is one of the best films of the last 10 years. Um, but a. David Fincher, Hindsight Award for Fight Club. Congratulations. The last award, obviously, the Hindsight Award for Best Picture. We had as nominees Toy Story 2, The Sixth Sense, The Iron Giant, Galaxy Quest, Office Space, The Green Mile, American Beauty, The Matrix, Magnolia, and Fight Club. And this was really a three-horse race, David. The top three vote-getters were The Matrix with 21%, Magnolia with 22%, and the winner of the Hindsight Award for Best Picture, Fight Club, with 24% of the vote. I'm actually surprised Magnolia got as much. So was I. I, I kind of feel like maybe that's the, the film Twitter the, and, Could the, be. and the Reddit, the film Reddit, because we put this, we put these polls out. I put it on subreddits. Yeah. I put it on the Twitter, and I just feel like the Paul Thomas Anderson got a lot yeah. of love here, despite the fact he didn't even get nominated for the Hindsight Best Picture. It's true. How do you feel about Fight Club winning Hindsight Best Picture? It makes sense to me. I thought it would be between Fight Club and Matrix. I think those are the two most popular films and, right. and impactful, impactful films for a lot of people for sure. that also people I feel like can get behind voting for them for best picture. So sure. like for instance, office space, galaxy quest, toy story Two, six cents are all, I think very memorable for people sure. and impactful. Yeah. But I think a lot of them, a lot of people probably can't rationalize giving a best picture to them. And they didn't change the game in the way that, those movies sure, did. Sure. You know, and Fight so, Club uh, and The Matrix literally changed movies. Sure. And so I think it wasn't surprising to see those two, uh, but Magnolia was a little bit of a surprise to me. But maybe that's my own. It's not as it, high up on the list it for It makes me, me want to go and revisit Magnolia. I'll tell I know. You that maybe much. I do. Because that cast and Paul Thomas Anderson, that's some. Yeah. I mean, how can you ignore it? 
Um, but yeah, thank you to everybody who voted on the hindsight, the third annual hindsight awards. I'm looking forward. I'm already starting to look ahead as to what's going to get nominated next year for the fourth annual hindsight awards. But your best picture in hindsight is Fight Club. Congratulations. We are going to look forward. We got we got movies coming out soon. Maybe we got things happening in the world that I want to talk about briefly. But before we do, we got to take a quick little break. What's up, good movie buddies? Before we continue, I want to remind everybody that you can get free episodes of The Popcorn Diet delivered to you on your smart device, wherever you're listening from, just by hitting subscribe, just by hitting that follow button. So take a second, literally one second, Give us a rating, give us a review, share us with your other good movie buddies. Also, we want to remind you to check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash the popcorn diet and considering becoming a patron of the podcast. Not only is that going to help us improve the podcast, but it's also going to give you access to exclusive patron-only episodes. It's going to give you early access to our regular episodes, and we are getting ready to gear up for our next franchise refill series all about the Fast and the Furious as we lead up to F9. So check that out, patreon.com slash thepopcorndiet. Of course, we don't want you to forget that you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram at The Popcorn Diet. And last but certainly not least, you can find all of our latest regular episodes, articles, reviews, and more on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. So David, looking ahead is getting a little bit more fuzzy, I guess is a word you would describe. What word would you describe with, we've had, I, I originally, I wanted to look at what's coming out in March, what's coming out in April. Like I wanted to take a look at those uh, release dates and actually get an idea of what to expect. But there's a lot of stuff that's changed. There's a lot of stuff that's changed. There's a lot of things that I never thought I would see, honestly. And so what I wanted to do is kind of talk just, I wanted to go weekend by weekend and talk about some of the big movies. Like for example, this weekend. Uh, This weekend we got Vin Diesel's Bloodshot coming out. We got The Hunt coming out as well, which I'm honestly, I don't know if I'm more excited about The Hunt than I am because of the controversy behind it. Do you remember the controversy behind The Hunt? Should we tell? Should we let the listeners know about that controversy? Sure. So The Hunt is apparently, it's it's uh, action, horror, thriller. It's about this group of people who basically get dropped into a forest somewhere and they're being hunted by other humans. Yeah. And the trailer makes it certainly look like it's for lack of a better word, Democrats being hunted by Republicans, I believe. And with all the school shoot, I think the trailer came out like, right. There was another shooting that happened. There was another terrible massacre. And then they pulled the trailer and they pulled it from release. It's originally supposed to be released back in fall of last year. And now they're releasing it and they're leaning into the controversy. Um, I like movies like this regardless. Like I, I like most dangerous game adaptations. Yeah. Anything that's an adaptation of that I'm, I'm interested in. And then you got Vin Diesel's try at yet another franchise. He tried with the the last witch hunter, I think. Do you remember that movie? Chronicles of Riddick. <laughs> Riddick is, is – I love Riddick, but the yeah. witch hunter movie is not yeah. great. And yeah. now he's got Bloodshot, which is kind of a third-tier – comic book quote slash superhero from Valiant Comics. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's going to be a lot of people seeing this movie. And then I forgot to mention also I Still Believe, which is your 
basic faith-based musical drama. Yeah. So do you even feel anything about any of those or should we just move on to the next one? Uh, let's move on. <laughs> okay, good. Because the next one is A Quiet Place Part 2. And I know you're not a big horror guy, but I also know you like The Quiet Place. I did, I did. So how are you feeling about Part 2 coming out on March, at least as we sit right now, March 20th? You know, I'm always interested to see Part 2s. Especially when they call it Part 2. Well, and especially when I don't think the plan when part one came out was to have a part two. Right. When it's a reaction to the success of part one. Right. Um, I always have a little bit of concerns that we're going to mess up a good thing. Um, now everybody's back and involved. Krasinski's still directing it. Yep. Still wrote and directed it. We've still got all the, you know, we only had three characters that survived the last one. So, yep. Spoiler um, alerts for the first quiet place. I didn't say who there's only three that survived. That's true. Tiny spoiler technically, alert. But technically, also, technically four. You should um, see that, that movie. Yes, see, I'm trying should. to try not to swear, but so, you should see that. movie. So technically four that survived. Um, and we kind of, it looks like from the previews that we're expanding that universe a little bit. I just more. got the technically four part. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, I was like, who's the four? <laughs> So I'm I'm excited to see it again. I I have my apprehension about it because I don't like when something gets done simply because the first one made a bunch of money. Sure, but because everybody that was involved is still involved, I I have a lot of optimism about it, and I'm excited to see it. Exactly, like you always, especially when you the 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 old tradition was this movie made a lot of money. We're going to make a sequel. Maybe we'll get the star back, but we're certainly not going to get any of the creative team back. And now there has been a lot of weight put on the creative teams involved to where even regular audiences, not gigantic movie nerds like us, recognize, oh, it's not the same director. Well, then it's going to be... I like. I had that apprehension about Creed 2 because sure. it wasn't Coogler, and sure. a lot of people did. Fortunately, Creed 2 is still pretty great. Sure. Um, I am fascinated by the part two because that is a statement that mm -hmm. is this is very clearly the second part of a story sure it's not just a sequel it's not just more it's a quiet place part two the first one was the first part this is the second part so that has me very interested for a lot of the same reasons as yours um everybody involved obviously super excited about it bringing in Killian Murphy, bringing in some people that I think are fantastic actors and expanding on that world, clearly giving us a look before everything went to hell and after. Um, super interested in that. And for what it's worth, uh, online, you know, the social media reviews came out and high praise. Good. So that's looking good. Uh, speaking of social media reviews, just a couple days ago, I think it was even yesterday, maybe, um, Mulan had its premiere. And that's coming out on March 27th. Again, it's going to be really funny because right now there are a lot of things in play. And we'll talk about the world at large at the end here. But none of these release dates are guaranteed now. Yep. Um, and we'll we'll get to that when we get into April. But Mulan, same thing, had its release day or had its um, premiere yesterday and is getting pretty strong online reviews. Some people are saying it's Disney's best live action movie because it captures the spirit of the animated film while it's not like a direct one, one run remake. Yeah. Um, are you interested in Mulan at all? I know I'm not I'm, that 
strong on Mulan as an animated film. There's not a lot of nostalgia there for me. But the movie itself looks good. I, I am interested in the I, in the fact that a lot of the action looks like it is taking um, – I don't know what the word is – taking inspiration from like your Crouching Tiger Hidden sure. Dragons and stuff like that, which isn't for everybody. Yeah. But a lot of hyper-realized action and physics that you see in Chinese films. Yeah. So that's interesting to me. But what about you? I'm intrigued by it. I'm interested to see because a lot of the things that for those that do have nostalgia about it come from the soundtrack, which was fantastic of the animated film. Yep. And you also have some of the humor and the fun of it with the what's the little dragon's name. But anyways, Mushu uh, Mushu and spoiler alert from what I'm told, there is no Mushu, no Mushu in this film. And so it'll be interesting to see how it's received. That being said, it does seem like, and even taking it even further, like one of the things that made Jungle Book as successful as it was is that it wasn't a take for take. It copy. hit a lot of the beats. Yeah, it hit a lot of the main points and the things that are happening. And that from the trailer seems like this to some point. Sure. But it didn't attempt to just recreate it on screen right. a la... Beauty and the Beast, Cinderella, or Cinderella, um, maybe Aladdin. to a lesser degree, Aladdin. Uh, Aladdin added some things in there, sure, and, and which it had to when you go from Jim Carrey or from uh, Robin Williams to, <laughs> to Will, uh, Smith. Will Smith. You got to do it. Um, I'm interested to see what it's like uh, for sure. Um, I'm, I'm interested. Like they made other changes too. Like spoiler. Like I don't know if this is a spoiler or not because they've openly talked about it in articles and things like that, but. The idea of um, the general, like the leader of the army, being the one that, quote unquote, like falls in love with Mulan. They changed that because having your boss like falling, like there's some Me Too stuff there that apparently, yeah, well, maybe we don't do that. Um, so we'll see. We'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens. But I'm excited for Mulan. I mean, we're, I mean, you and I are clearly paid Disney shills. So uh, I'm excited we'll to get it. that check from Disney and then go yep. see that movie. April 3rd, we have The Lovebirds with uh, Issa Rae and Kumail Nanjiani, a uh, ro- romantic comedy where um, they are kind of like on the run. You know, they see that guy killed and they're kind of on the run. Although that trailer really didn't sell me because it looks like what they really should have done is just maybe like stay and talk to witnesses and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, then yeah. again, I'm not a person of color either. Sure. So whatever. Um, obviously anything Camille does I'm interested in but we also have The New Mutants which is one of those movies that has been delayed for two years I think yeah. constantly pushed back constantly pushed back and it's a different take on the X-Men and the Mutants it's more of a horror film vibe to it mm-hmm. and it's not a ton of characters that we know of but Disney still put the money in to get it finished, put the money to actually release it. A lot of people didn't think that this movie was even going to get released because once Disney bought Fox, anything's on the table or sure. off the table. So New Mutants, you in or you out? I'm in. I, if nothing else, because of its checkered past, I'm interested to see what happens. How it, what happens. Now, right. that being said... I don't usually let critics play too big of a role in my decision, but if that, yeah, that's true. everything comes out about it, all the reviews come out, and it's just, this is terrible, I probably will wait to stream it. Oh, whereas, yeah. whereas if 
the reviews are positive about it and it's already a universe that I enjoy visiting, um, I'll definitely see it. But because all the indicators that we typically go off of that are not positive indicators are, are out there. I've been happy. If, <laughs> if we, on top of that, get a lot of bad critical reception, I'll probably wait to stream it and not spend money on it. For sure. Um, and that brings us to April 10th, which as of right now, only I mean, it's got some smaller things. It's got like Cutthroat City. It's got Car- Charm City Kings. It's got St. Maud, which is a really whack ass looking scary movie that I just am not interested in because I do not need my soul tormented like that right now. Uh, Trolls World Tour. Yeah, it's going to be coming out there. But the big thing I wanted to talk about here before we kind of look at the rest of, of what's happening is No Time to Die. Yep. Um, the James Bond film was scheduled to be released on April 10th. And then MGM and uh, Ion Pictures and the Broccoli family, they all decided we're going to push it to November because of the coronavirus. So if you've been listening to this episode doing a drinking game, wondering how many times we're going to say that word. Now is the time to stop drinking because you may die. But I the whole I find the whole thing fascinating. On one hand, I get it. On the other hand, like, I don't know that I've ever... I mean, I'm sure it's happened before. I'm sure that movies have been delayed. But, but unlike the New Mutants, which had creative issues, which had a purchase and a merger and all those things... No Time to Die just got pushed because apparently gathering people together is really... Well, I, I think there's two ways to look at this. So I'm interested to see if you're going to bring up what I'm thinking of, too. So there's the there's two ways to look at why you would do this. There's the excuse or the reasoning of we're trying to be responsible and... sure. We know that we have a lot of fans, and if we release this movie, people will come, whether it's the smart decision for them or not, will be causing people to gather, it was, which also might promote the spread of this, this, virus. this virus. It's also the first big movie to do it. Other, My Spy bumped its March date to the end of April, and Peter Rabbit just bumped its date to October, I think. Now, the other way to look at this is we... Don't think people will be going to the movies right. because of, of the, the fear people. of the virus. Right. Whether they should or should not is up to whomever to decide. Mm-hmm. Um, but we think box office is going to be severely impacted. Like all our experts are telling us. We don't people, think we're going to make the money we should people, be making. Exactly. For the budget that we spent, the effort that we put, we would be fiscally smarter to push it to a later date. And so, and those two can, and you, the funny thing about it is you can pick, be the second one and promote the first one. Absolutely. So, I mean, I think everybody will do it in the sake of public safety, but I think what we're really talking about is dollars and cents in a lot of ways. Right. I think, you know, we saw the movies that just came out this weekend, um, which were, um, uh, the Pixar movie onward onward. Yep. Did fine. I think forty million it made. Yeah, it's um, fine. Which is fine. Shout out to Ben Affleck. He's made like the top three. Yeah, I think he was like sixteen million or fifteen million somewhere in that range. Um, but it wasn't necessarily a bad for the first weekend or second weekend of March. It wasn't like it was a bad weekend for movies. Yeah, it's fine. That being said, with each day, 
we're getting more and more information, more and more closures, different things like that. And so, you know, by the time April 10th rolled around, you very might well be in a situation where the recommendation is to limit travel and, and avoid public places as much as possible. And we may see this theaters take a big drop. Yeah. I personally will still go to the theaters unless they're closed. I mean, if they're empty, I have That's no problem. not going. a bad thing for me. <laughs> um, I could see, you know, maybe a theater not serving popcorn because you're reaching into a big thing and pouring maybe. it in. But I mean, to me, as long as the workers are being sanitary about their use, but regardless, I mean, I think it's not the first, I mean, it's not the first, but it's not going to be the second or third movie. There's going to be a whole lot more. I imagine that will, will be moved unless we see a large shift. Right. That being said, now comes into the strategy. If it stays like it is currently where it's more of like, do it at your own risk. Right. Like we're not going to tell you not to, but. We also wouldn't blame you for not wanting to go to the theaters, like where it's left <laughs> up to kind of where the government's not right. coming out and saying, it's, do not go here. It's theaters not been officially decided by any type of high. As long as theaters are still staying open, still right. providing the same amount of showings. Right. It becomes something where I, I imagine for studios, it'll almost be a strategy thing. You think of like a movie that was going into a summer blockbuster weekend right. looking like the third ring, like if you were going out on Fast and the Furious 9's weekend and there was another movie that came out the weekend before and you were just trying to fight for the leftovers, maybe you might say, if Fast and the Furious 9 moves, I'm going to stay here because this is a big movie weekend. That's true. And I'll be one of the few new games in town. So it'll be interesting. That's what I'm interested to see. And because as much as people can say this is about public safety, at the end of the day, these these studios are trying to run a business and do the thing that's most fiscally responsible. Right. None of them are going to be like, look, we're just going to take an L and and put this out at a bad time for movies. Like they're all looking at and saying we can make, Movies have made money, a lot of money in the fall now. Yeah. And I think, you know, movies like It and, you know, some of the other successes that we've had that have come out in September, October, November have made this decision easier to be like, look, we can release in October and still make a crap ton of money. Here's the thing. Here's another thing. And you can only do this with no time to die. Casino Royale, the 17th. Quantum Solace, the 14th, Skyfall, the 9th, Spectre, the 6th, all released in November. Yeah. So, so it's, it, he's basically going back to his old time anyway. Exactly. So, so, but it'll be interesting with, like I said, and I think the first big movie I would say now would be what, like Black Widow, perhaps? It's got to be Black Widow because the as rest, far as like franchise, the film, rest we've of got April, ones like Greyhound. We've got. Yeah, but but the rest of April is is there's not much. There's there's some good movie like Promising Young Woman's coming out. Uh, My Spy is released April. Um, you get Antebellum, which is another. You got a lot of horror movies. You got Antebellum, which is another horror movie. But yeah, you're right. Like Black Widow is supposed to be the first major blockbuster of this summer season, and it's going to be released on May first, which is almost two months away. Um, but you're right, man. It's going to be really interesting to see what movies like Black Widow, what Greyhound, which 
which is really funny because last week I wasn't even sure Greyhound was going to be released because it was still on the release schedule. And it's a Tom Hanks World War II movie. And I had seen nothing about it. And then they released a trailer and a poster and they bumped the release to June. Not because of the coronavirus, but because May is pretty busy already. You got smaller movies like Woman in the Window with Amy Adams. You got The Personal History of David Copperfield, which I'm excited to see. F9 comes out May 20-something, I think. Yeah, it's, I think it's President's or, uh, Memorial Weekend. Yeah, May 22nd, which also is a SpongeBob movie coming out the same day. But you've already had Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel just came out and said, we're not moving. Yeah. Now, Vin's a producer, so he can have the power to say that. It's a little bit different than somebody else coming out and saying we're not moving. But time will tell. Time will tell. Do you remember the big concert they did for the trailer release for the Super Bowl? David, <laughs> as bad as 2020 has been, we will always have that. We will always, we will have, always have the two-hour-long concert <laughs> to trailer release the trailer. Release <laughs> Like, I don't know, like, when the last time Ludacris did a concert, just a concert concert, but, like, he was up there. Everybody, it was crazy. We had weird interviews in between. They're, everybody's drunk. Everybody was drunk. And they just have Vin on the mic being like, I love you we guys. Had, we had interviews family. with Vin on stage in front of the crowd at the concert. Two then we hours. Had backstage interviews. Then we had, you know, all sorts of things. It was, it was fantastic. Two hours and then... Finally, here's the trailer. Yes, it was fantastic. <laughs> and the trailer, you were texting me. You were like, this is the greatest movie ever made. Like, it's the, that trailer is already a top 10 movie oh, in yeah, 2020. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, and again, we're going to have to, as the podcast goes, we're going to have to play it by ear as well. So uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Um, but we're back, <laughs> which is good, um, and we will be back next week, and we will be doing the Fast and Furious free re uh, franchise refills on our Patreon. Um, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to let David make the call. We'll talk about it later on whether or not we want to maybe put the first episode out, you know, get everybody a taste of what they can be getting on the Patreon. I live but my life a quarter mile at a time, Quarter Rick. mile at a time. Dude, I cannot wait to put the categories together for that. Like, best words of wisdom is going to be one that we spend a lot of time talking about. But for for our welcome back episode, that is going to do it. This felt good to get back into the swing of things and, and sit down with David and talk more. And I, I hope that you guys will stick with us and, and, and hear us talk about movies. So before we actually wrap up, again, don't forget, free episodes can be delivered to your smart device wherever you're listening. All you got to do is hit subscribe. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Take a second out of your day. If you're self-quarantining, hey, podcast isn't a bad thing to listen to. Give us a review. Share us with all your other good movie buddies. Don't forget, patreon.com slash the popcorn diet for our Fast and Furious franchise refills coming up as well as early access to our regular episodes. Patreon.com slash the popcorn diet. Don't forget. We're going to be here on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet. And last, but certainly not least, you can find all of our latest regular episodes, articles, and more on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. But for the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson. And we'll see you next time with another good movie on The Popcorn Diet. Adios.